Hello and welcome to another episode of Relationship Alive. This is your host, Neil Satin. And today I want to get real with you. I want to get real with you about relationships. It's not that I haven't been real with you all along. Of, of course I have. In fact, that's been probably one of the most important things to me about this conversation that we're having about relationships is being real and and not getting hung up on how things are supposed to be, but dealing with how things really are. And honestly, that's been challenging for me lately. And I've been doing a lot of soul searching. The getting real hasn't been challenging, but what's been challenging for me has been connecting in with what motivates me, with what drives me to do this, to to be here with you every single week. And it probably doesn't surprise you to know that that goes back to my own relationship coming apart or (laughs) transitioning, let's say, um, back in the fall. And the very real need that I've had to do a lot of processing, a lot of grieving, a lot of wondering, a lot of questioning, a lot of raging, a lot of integrating that entire experience to make sense of what it even means. What does it mean when a relationship comes apart, particularly when you're someone like me who is so steeped in this conversation about how we do relationship well or better. Being focused on growth, being focused on integrity, being focused on um, showing up to the best extent possible. And at the same time, wrestling with shame, the impact of shame on our relationships, on my own relationship, on what it's like to come here and talk to you after going through such a big experience that I never expected, for sure. I mean, so much of Relationship Alive grew out of the journey that I was on, that I've been on. I'm still on it, of course. And that journey had love, it had struggle, it had challenges, it had disharmony, it had coming back together, it had all of that. And and coming back apart. And it's really gotten me thinking about what is it that we are trying to do? What is this whole relationship thing all about? There are those of us who never get into committed relationships, who never find love and that energy. And then there are those of us who find a person and meet up with them at a young age and stay with them the rest of their lives. And then there's most of us who fall somewhere in the middle on that. I mean, you might be one of those two people that I just described. There's nothing wrong with any of that. And then there's this whole spectrum of what's possible in relationship in the middle. Um, Are we monogamous? Are we polyamorous? Are we casual? Are we serious? Are we um, sexually abstinent before marriage? Are we sexually abstinent after marriage? There, There are all of these variations on what we experience. And 
what I'm trying to do here on Relationship Alive, of course, is to bring you the best resources that I can to help you navigate that. And mostly, that's been focused on this broader concept that I might call writing a wrong. Something has gone wrong and we want to fix it. I've got a, a really deep fix-it streak within me. And, um, and that has been what the podcast has been focused on. We don't know how to communicate well. Let's fix it. We end up in conflict. Let's fix it. One of us slept with someone outside the boundaries of our monogamous commitment. Let's fix it. We don't know what to do about our own struggles with mental health and depression. Let's fix it. Like that, that has been what the show is, has been like. And that's important. Those are, those are important things to be talking about, of course. None of us wants to stay in those sticky, icky places where things are super uncomfortable. Um, I sure don't. That's not, that's not what I aspire to. They're unavoidable, of course. And yet there's a maybe a bigger topic around their unavoidability that I've managed to avoid <laughs> for much of these conversations. So today I want to tackle that. And I want to give you a sense of where I'm really coming from right now because this is where I'm going to be coming from from now on, well, as I evolve. I can't hold the same perspective that I had a year ago because um, it doesn't make sense anymore. So I've been stewing and trying to make sense of everything. And today I'm going to give you my best shot at making sense of it all in a way that at least gives you a sense of the direction that we'll be headed in. So thank you for being here with me today to be part of this important conversation because we as humans are on this journey together we are evolving what we do relationally with each other um, I was speaking with Jeff Brown earlier today in fact and he said something that was so hilarious he was like let's and I'm going to paraphrase him um, but it was something like let's just get to the point where we can be in a room with each other without things going horribly wrong. <laughs> and that is in some ways where we're still at as people. And, and now, you know, in this moment when I'm recording, we are in um, most of us in some form of sheltering in place or staying at home. And so we're, we're spending a lot of time in the same room, either with ourselves and having to own that conversation or with our families or our significant others. And... And that stirs up a lot. There's never been a more important time to try and evolve what we're capable of. We have to right now, of necessity, so that we don't um, tear ourselves or each other apart. There's so much that's possible, and I've witnessed it. I've witnessed it in my own life. I've witnessed it in the life of the clients that I work with or the people who've taken my courses. And, and I hear from you too. And I have to say those emails are magical. They're like gold for me. When I get an email that's just telling me how much of an impact this work is having on your life, it, it, 
it's part of what helps keep me going, has helped keep me going, um, especially over the past few months when I've had my own dark nights of the soul and have wondered why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, I'm the kind of person who wonders that frequently. <laughs> it's important for me to keep my finger on the pulse of what motivates me, what keeps me going. And uh, that way I can hopefully avert disaster by diagnosing problems when they are uh, well in advance of before they hit. And yet sometimes things are unavoidable. So anyway, I'm, I'm, now I'm rambling a bit. So before I ramble any further, or actually before I really dive into the meat of the matter, I want to just take this moment to thank you if you have been a contributor to Relationship Alive. Just by being here to listen, you're a contributor, and I really appreciate that. Just so you know, like I'm so thankful that you are here to be part of the conversation with me. And this show is an offering for you to help you have the best possible relationships. And without your support, this show couldn't continue. So in this moment, I just want to thank some of the people who have contributed recently. Sylvia, David, Angie, Elise, Drew, Lydia, Anne, Valerie, Kirthi, Angie, and Jules. Thank you all so much for your financial support of Relationship Alive. And just as a reminder, every little bit counts. So if you want to choose something that feels right for you to help show your support of Relationship Alive and the work that we're doing, then just visit neilsatin.com slash support or text the word support to the number 33444 and follow the instructions. Also, uh, I put together a free guide for you to help you learn how to communicate more effectively in relationship. And this guide has just three simple tips. If you put them into practice, they will transform your communication outcomes. That sounded super official, didn't it? Communication outcomes. In any case, to grab the free guide, you can visit neilsatin.com slash relate or text the word relate to the number 33444 and follow the instructions. Finally, I just want to remind you that we do have a um, free group on Facebook, the Relationship Alive community, where you can join in with a, a safe space to have conversations about relationship stuff. Um, lots of amazing people in that group, over 4,000 people at this point. And um, if you have a question that you would like me to answer on the podcast, just record yourself asking the question and send it to me. The email address is questions at relationshipalive.com and I will um, answer your question on a future episode of the show. I've had a few good questions come in lately, which has been cool. All right, so let's get back to the topic at hand, which is what's up with relationships anyway? No one has, no one has an easy time, or maybe I shouldn't say no one, because then I'm falling into that cognitive distortion place of 
black and white thinking, there probably are a few people who have supremely easeful relationships or people who are supremely easeful in their solo-ness. But in the middle, there are going to be moments where things are going well, and then there are going to be moments when things are a struggle. That is the reality. And what I'm realizing more and more is how much of an obstacle it can be when we feel shame around there being issues. Like somehow there shouldn't be something going wrong or there shouldn't be this challenge or I shouldn't be bored or I shouldn't care about this pet peeve of mine or I, whatever it is. And, you know, there have even been people here on the show on Relationship Alive who talk about uh, a certain practices of mindfulness and acceptance that would have you think that you know, you should just be walking around like accepting everything and being totally cool with everything and like, and then life would just be blissful all the time. And maybe just maybe there are those truly enlightened souls for whom everything is just bliss. But honestly, I think the paradox is that those people, it's probably not all bliss because partly what they're blissing out on is probably their experience of challenge when they get into it. And that represents a response to being challenged. You're a generative response, which would be, man, this fucking sucks. What am I going to do about this? I'm going to learn to love it, even though it's really hard. That's different than things never being hard. It's just learning how to build that kind of resilience into your system. But despite what you see on Facebook and Instagram or, you know, whatever social media thing you might be on, things are challenging for just about everyone at certain points, maybe even more than half the time. And if not challenging, they're going to be moments where one or both people or several people, if you're in a polyamorous situation where someone is having questions about whether they really want to be there, about whether it's really working for them, or having realizations about ways that they've compromised themselves, not intentionally. I think it's rare that someone compromises themselves intentionally, like to try to be manipulative or something like that. We are doing our best all the time to maintain connection with each other and sometimes our best requires a little bit of contortionism as we twist ourselves into a shape that works for the other person. Or if you're not a contortionist kind of person, you might choose to avoid the um, avoid your partner so that you can avoid con the contors contorting yourself. Um, but even avoiding, even avoidant people still want to be in relationship. They, you know, they still choose relationship over solitude until things escalate. And then sometimes solitude is a welcome respite from the calamity, the emotional calamity of two people who aren't quite in sync with each other. But whether you're anxious, or avoidant, or secure, I'm speaking about attachment styles, wherever you fall, there are going to be times when you just aren't sure. 
or where you have questions or where you're in pain or where you're hurting. And if you're sitting there thinking, I shouldn't feel this way, there's something wrong with me for feeling this way, or even there's, that there's something wrong with my relationship that I feel this way, that sense of like, there's something wrong and so I shouldn't, that is paralyzing. And I've felt that at moments with the podcast where, um, I mean, even this episode that I'm recording, this has been on my mind for weeks now. And if you're someone who's paying close attention, you may notice I, I skipped a couple weeks. Um, and it's because this has been a brewing and it's actually been a brewing for me for months now, waiting for the right moment to come out. The reality is I think that relationship and our choices around relationshiping exist on a spectrum and that for the most part, we are evolving on that spectrum all the time. And there are gonna be moments where where you're at is perfectly right for you and your partner or partners. And that, those moments of alignment are awesome, thrilling. And we can sometimes create them, like sometimes uh, ritual moments, um, like your first date or celebrating an anniversary or getting married or what, like you can create moments that have that special juice to that just, the juice that forces everything into crystal clear clarity. It doesn't happen all the time necessarily for those events that I was just describing, but it's one great way to like kind of bring everyone onto the same page. They're amazing moments when they happen. And you might shift. If you are focused on your own development and growth, then for one thing, the relationship you're capable of today is gonna be worlds different than the relationship you were capable of, well, maybe yesterday, but definitely five years ago and definitely 10 years ago. What seems like so amusing to me is I think back, this is just myself, but I, I see this in other people as well. I think back to the relationships that I had when I was young, you know, when I fell in love in elementary school or even in high school. Let's go to high school because that's a little less ludicrous. But I remember meeting someone in high school and thinking, this is the person, this could be the person that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. I had the whole vision worked out. Now this happened several times, which tells you something. In fact, it's happened repeatedly over the course of my life. And what's true is that the person that I met, let's say in that moment in high school, we were probably perfect for each other in that moment. And we were capable of something particular to that moment, to where we were both at in terms of our development. But I can tell you that where I was at when I was 14 or 15, compared to where I'm at now, being 46, you know, 30 plus years later, can't even compare. And yet somehow back then I thought, you know what, I'm gonna marry this person. That's, that's what's gonna happen. You know, I wish there had been a little angel on my shoulder or a parental figure capable of having this conversation with me of something like, you know what, it's not gonna be that and that's totally cool. Like, that's fine. This is what two high schoolers are capable of doing 
have at it, have fun, enjoy. Don't try to make it more than it is. Let it grow naturally. Someone could have said that to me in my teens, in my 20s, in my 30s, and now here I am in my 40s, and I'm the one whispering this to you and to myself. You are capable of what you are capable of today. It's gonna be probably more and better than yesterday and the day before and the day before, and what you are capable of in the future, assuming that you keep paying attention and growing will be even more incredible. Now, will the person that you're with, will they meet you there? It could be a question of whether or not they're capable, whether they are growing the way that you're growing, or it could just be that where they're going is different and suddenly requires something different than what you offer, or that you are requiring something different than what they offer. And these are key moments, key moments of questioning in our relationships, whether we should stay there or not. And how amazing would it be to be able to have that conversation free of shame and inhibition? There is so much fear and shame that gets in the way of us simply being honest with each other when we diverge when what you want is different than what I want. There's so much fear, fear in losing the other person, fear in being judged. Sometimes in our lives we've paid a price for being seen. We can't be too big, we can't be too great, we can't be too happy. And so even if what we wanna share is something amazing, we can have fear around revealing that part of ourselves. And the fear may have nothing to do with our partner. They, it may be just something that we're carrying around within ourselves. But I can tell you that when you carry around fear, it is really easy to bring about the thing that you're afraid of. If you're afraid of being judged, then man, does it take some skill to come to your partner with something revealing without revealing it in a way that almost asks them, begs them to judge you. It's really hard. It's hard for you. It's hard for your partner. It's fucking hard. <laughs> Not always, thankfully. But when things are dicey, it gets, it gets tricky and hard. And so much of what we've talked about here on the show is being able to recognize moments when they get dicey and being able to show up differently in those moments. That, that's so key, right? But if you mess up or it doesn't go quite so well, there's nothing wrong with you because that happened. There's nothing wrong with your partner because that happened. It just is where you are right now. And then the question becomes, what are you gonna do about it? What are you gonna do about that? And can you do it free from the fear and shame that can so often be an obstacle? You know, in this moment, as I'm talking to you about it, I'm realizing how even though in so many ways I feel okay, actually great about my relationship with Chloe having ended, which isn't to say that I haven't felt pain and grief and despair. Like I've felt the full range of stuff. But in this moment, what I'm relating to is just how much I've also felt fear, fear about 
what this means for me, because I put so much energy in really trying, trying in so many ways. A whole podcast was born out of that trying, out of that inquiry, out of wanting to know, out of wanting to do better. And yet still, I got to go on that whole ride. And at the end of that ride was disappointment, was sadness, was disruption, was pain. And so I'm realizing how challenging it has been for me to face myself in the middle of all that. Part of the making sense of things is not just facing myself, but facing the ways that it's hard for me to face myself. Facing that challenge, the challenge of looking honestly at everything that unfolded, looking honestly at the choices that I made, looking honestly at the choices that I didn't make, and being able to see myself without judgment. So that's what the shame is all about, right? There's that shame that you feel because you're imagining that other people are thinking something about you, when in reality, it's you thinking something about you. I've been there deeply. And I think that the part of me who was so eager and so convinced that if I just did enough learning, if I just grew enough that I could avoid failure, and I'm putting failure in you know little quotes because in truth, I don't believe in failure in this realm anyway. I'm not sure I believe in failure in any realm. I guess, you know, if we if we had an existential conversation about failure, maybe there are some places where places where failure really makes sense, but not in this context. But the that eager earnest driven part of me, he's having a hard time with what happened. And what he really needs is this healthy dose of self-compassion to remind him that it's okay. What happened is okay. What happened maybe couldn't have been avoided. What happened is maybe what should have happened. Maybe it was the natural result of choices that happened earlier that could have been different if he had only known better. That game is only one that's helpful to play, I think, when you're trying to make sense of things. You know, there's no point in being like, oh, I should have blah, blah, because you didn't, right? But it is helpful to look back and think that, oh, I, I could have, maybe not I should have, but oh, I could have, like, what would have happened if I had made that other choice? And what was going on with me that I didn't make that choice? I hope this isn't too um, amorphous for you, like this conversation. I hope you get where I'm coming from. There's deep stuff in us. And the places where we where shame starts to creep in or where our expectations of ourselves starts to start to creep in those are the places where we're blocked from having the conversation that we need to have and it could be that the situation that you are in requires some deep honesty with yourself with your partner if you have a partner some deep honesty that's hard to get at if you're afraid or if you're experiencing shame. How are you evolving? How are you growing? How have you changed? Is there a reality that needs to be acknowledged there? 
there just might be. And if we could be really real with each other about our hopes, our fears, our the things we enjoy, our disappointments, if we could do that without taking it personally and to just see the person that we are and the person or persons who are there with us with compassion, there's a lot of power in those conversations. I believe deeply in the power of radical compassion. That compassion allows you to value the other person, to value yourself, to value the other people in your life. But you, you're you free to choose all the time. You don't have to choose to stay with a in a situation where ultimately it's just not right for you. But you might make that choice if you're feeling a ton of shame around what it would mean to leave, to make a different choice. I want to change the way that shame paralyzes us. I do not want any of us, you, me, the people who aren't listening to this, I don't want any of us to feel paralyzed by shame. I'm not sure I want us to feel paralyzed, period. That feeling of being held back, having to cut yourself off from the life force that drives you forward, that sucks. And when you're caught there, that is a recipe for, well, if nothing else, dissatisfaction. Could be calamity, could be disaster. Let's not cut ourselves off from the sources of life in our lives. And one of those, I think, most profound sources of life is our willingness to be honest with what's real right here and now in a way that's kind and compassionate. Not, I'm not a fan of brutal honesty, but I think we can get honest in ways that are about us. In my communication course, I talk a lot about that. I talk about how do you communicate what's true for you in a way that owns it, that doesn't, that doesn't put the other person on the defensive, how do you talk about what's true for you in a way that actually invites other people to be there with you? Because when you can do that, it creates even more of a spark, particularly if there's a spark there to be created. I do want to take just a moment to talk about this week's sponsor of this episode, um, because just like those of you who choose to support the podcast with your donations, our sponsors are a key part of what helps keep relationship alive going. And this week, um, we have a sponsor who has been with us for quite a while and who are really about helping us get the support that we need. And sometimes when you're feeling these deep levels of shame or confusion or pain or questions or even like happiness that you don't feel like you can share, um, it's helpful to get support from someone else. So if you're looking for some extra support around the things that are getting in the way of your happiness or achieving your goals or dealing with the whatever's current for you in your life, then one really great way that you can do that from the comfort of your own home, which is especially important right now, um, or you know you can do it from your office, wherever you are is... Uh, this service called BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you 
with your own licensed professional therapist with whom you can chat via text uh, anytime. And you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions all without having to go anywhere. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling. And they do provide financial aid if you qualify. They also offer a broad range of expertise so that you can find the person who's most suited to helping you with your own unique situation. So whether it's shame, depression, stress, anxiety, your relationship, family conflicts, whatever's up for you, try out BetterHelp to help you move past the places where you're stuck. So to start living a happier life today, you can try BetterHelp and get an extra 10% off your first month for being a Relationship Alive listener. Just visit betterhelp.com alive. Join over 800,000 people who are taking charge of their mental health with BetterHelp. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash alive. And thank you so much, BetterHelp, for your support of healthy relationships, healthy people, and the Relationship Alive podcast. So where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? I want this show to also not be held back by shame or fear. I want to talk about the things that are really going on for us, the things that we have concerns about, the secret joys that we have that we don't think we can share, and maybe the secret sorrows that we have or questions. I want to shine a light on that so that you can feel free to experience it and to share it with other people. There are so many things that have impacted us along the way, things that are simple that should be easy to talk about or accepted. Here's a perfect example. Um, take masturbation. Now, I'm not sure what the statistics are on masturbation, and maybe you don't masturbate, but I think most people on some level do. And I think we've also reached a day and age when most of us accept, at least intellectually, that masturbation is okay. It's okay to do that in some way. It doesn't mean you're a bad person if you're masturbating. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It is actually really healthy to desire pleasure and to realize like, oh, if I want to feel pleasure, I can give that to me. I can be in charge of that. There's nothing wrong with it. And yet I realize that even for myself, talking to people about masturbation evokes deep, deep shame and fear. Or at least it did. It did when I first started talking to people about it. This wasn't that long ago. Like really talking to people, not talking about like, what do you think about masturbation? Talking about, do you masturbate? I do. Tell me about when you masturbate. Tell me about where you masturbate. Tell me about the conflicts that masturbation creates in your life. Tell me about your relationship with masturbation. Now I bring this up because this is an incredibly private conversation for most people. Why is it private? Could it be because we're embarrassed or we feel some sort of shame about the fact that we might do that? 
Yeah. Yeah, it's powerful stuff. So I'm glad I broached the topic here with you. Um, I do masturbate. I'm just going to let you know. That's, that's part of my life. You know, it's not like hourly or anything like that. But it happens. And sometimes I'm, you know, just in my body and feeling the pleasure and the sensation wherever it is in me. And I'm really grounded and rooted in me. And sometimes I'm exploring in my imagination connection with another person. Could be a real person, could be an imagined person. I actually get a lot of energy from it, to tell you the truth. A lot of energy for the rest of my life. Now on the show, I've talked a lot about sexual practices that don't involve having um, peak orgasms. And so while we're on the topic of masturbation, I'll just let you know that I don't often have a peak masturbation, like a, 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 a sorry, a peak climax while I'm masturbating. I don't, um, but that doesn't mean that I don't enjoy the process. And I just choose the right time to stop and move on to the next thing while I'm all energized and fired up. And no, in case you were wondering, I didn't do that before I started recording today. But maybe when I do the show that's completely about masturbation, maybe that's what I'll do, is I'll just do a little warm up before I get on the mic. Um, that'll be interesting if I have a guest. Maybe I'll encourage them to do it as well so that we can all be on the same page. Anyway, I didn't mean to go completely off topic onto the topic of masturbation. I offered it just as an example of a place where um, Many of us harbor a lot of shame. And I want to shine a light on all those places through this show. So this might be an opportunity for you if there's something that you in particular feel shame about um, and you felt comfortable recording yourself asking a question about it, send that to me. And if you don't feel comfortable recording yourself, then at least email it to me. And you can email questions at relationshipalive.com and, and that will get to me. Because these things are important. So yeah, if you if there's something going on for you, I want to know, and we're gonna we're gonna shine a light not on you. I'm not gonna put the spotlight on you, but we're gonna shine a light on the thing, because guaranteed you are probably not experiencing something that no one else is experiencing or that no one else has experienced. A friend of mine on Facebook the other day, and I'm trying not to be on Facebook all that much these days because it's a bit of a shit show, but. A friend of mine on Facebook said, like, post something down below in the comments that you're sure no, no other of my friends has ever done that you've experienced. And so I was thinking about that. And I was like, well, what would I post? And the reality is that almost everything I came up with, I was pretty sure that none of their friends had experienced it, but that it's likely that someone else somewhere had experienced it. The point being that you are not alone, and if nothing else, I'm here with you. But our unique existence on this planet isn't so unique that we don't, that things don't happen that we share in common with other people. So even if you don't masturbate, I know there's thousands and thousands of people masturbating. In fact, there are probably thousands of people masturbating right now as we are having this conversation. That's probably happening. I don't know where they are. That would be interesting, but I know that they're out there, guaranteed. And thank you to all of you out there who are masturbating right now. 
Um, thank you for owning your pleasure. And hopefully you're finding a way to do it where it feels healthy and fulfilling and not something that you're just hiding about. So let's let this be, let's let Relationship Alive be about what's true about relationships. And again, that's been the journey that I've been on this whole time. But just like I was saying, it's a journey. We're evolving. And I'm realizing some things that are true that might have even been true all along, but I wasn't ready to realize them. But now I'm ready. I'm inviting it. And I invite you to invite it too so we can be on this journey together. I have a feeling that it's going to be worth it, partly because of how freeing it will be and also partly because we are going to change the world. You and I and our friends and our lovers and our children, we are going to change the world. And it may not look perfect tomorrow. It may never look perfect, but just like our own growth, it will be better tomorrow than it is today. And it will get better and better and better. I know that for sure. I know that to be true. And that's my wish for you. So along those lines, um, I have some special episodes coming up. I had a recent conversation with David Burns, the author of Feeling Good. His new book, Feeling Great, is not out yet. I'm lo really looking forward to that. He's one of the world's foremost uh, cognitive behavioral therapists who has evolved beyond cognitive behavioral, behavioral therapy um, with, a, with a new approach um, that very much incorporates cognitive behavioral therapy. In fact, what I really like about David Burns is that he is not afraid to draw from whatever tradition he finds is helpful and works. And uh, so I had an, a really awesome conversation with him that I'm looking forward to sharing with you. And the conversation actually led to two sessions with him that he did with me. One was dealing with overwhelm and all the negative thoughts that were happening within me and turning those around. And then another session about procrastination. I'm sure you never have to deal with procrastination, right? So, um, so there's going to be a special series of episodes. It's a lot. It, it's a lot. There's probably a, a, in total about three hours or so, maybe three and a half hours worth of stuff there. So um, I'm not going to put it all out at once, but we're, we're going to kick that off um, probably next week or maybe the week after. Um, and uh, I, I thought it would be really valuable for you to hear a master working with me um so you can hear a little bit of my reality my the negative thoughts i struggle with and you get to hear what it's like to actually work with them and come out on the other side and there's some pretty cool ways that david um approaches it that you'll hear how um challenging it was for me to to take them on because they were so radically different from how i would typically handle let's say, a negative thought. And that's why maybe one of those negative thoughts would persist. So I want you to hear that. I think it'll be instructive for you um, to hear you know, one of the world's masters 
working. I've done that a few times um, on the show. I had a really deep session with uh, with Ken Page in one of our um, conversations on deeper dating. Um, Dick Schwartz talking about internal family systems where he did a session with me. Um, yeah, so it's it's a little vulnerable, but I'm looking forward to you hearing it. And it's all in the interest of being real. So let's just be real with each other, okay? We don't have to pretend to be perfect. And, um, and therefore we can accept that we are imperfect people. And hopefully we can accept that the people around us are imperfect. And we can just be on this journey together in, a, in ways that feed us. And when it stops feeding us, let's be honest about that too. And let's feel as free as we can to make choices that aren't about shame, but that are about you and the people who are important to you being your best self. And sometimes that involves work you have to do on your own. Sometimes it involves work you do together. Sometimes it involves being together. Sometimes it involves going your separate ways. And that's just what fucking is. You heard it here first. Or if you've already heard that before, you heard it here again. All right. Peace out. I'm really psyched to be on this journey with you and to see where it takes us. Uh, as I mentioned, David Burns coming up. Um, we also have uh, a guest who's a friend of mine who happens to be a behavioral scientist talking about dating. Um, that's coming up in the next few weeks on Relationship Alive. And hopefully we'll also be featuring some of your questions too. In the meantime, I'm sending you so much love and encouragement and good health. And uh, we're in this together. Thank you for being here with me. Thank you.